Peace be with you and welcome to a brand new episode of The Burning Strength Show. I'm your host as always, Father Christopher Cox, and it is great to be back behind the microphone being able to talk with all of you. It has been quite a last, well, seven months. Last time I recorded an episode, I was looking through my catalog, was May of this year of 2020. And just uh, just like all of you, you know, COVID kind of threw my various uh, ministries and just the way I've kind of been doing things Um out of whack. And so it's uh, finally starting to get back into the regular swing of things and thought I would take the opportunity to record another episode. Finally had a few moment, a free moment rather, and wanted to uh, spend a little bit of time uh, chatting with all of you. And And I know obviously with the pandemic, with uh, especially if you live in the United States, the election coming up, uh, I thought as a Catholic priest to provide a little bit of spiritual guidance for all of you. Uh, so it is normal uh, with the Burning Strength Show. I'm going to offer three various topics, uh, three very different topics. I'm going to start off by talking about a prayer form that many of you already f- are familiar with, but I'll give it a new spin, and that is the Rosary. It is the month of the Rosary, after all. I will give you my spoiler-free review of a board game called Western Legends, and I'm going to talk about a piece of news that is often forgotten that I think should be in our light, at least when it comes to prayer. All right, for our first segment, I'll be talking about the rosary. If you're Catholic, in a, you're, especially if you're cradle Catholic, this is probably a prayer that you grew up with in some way. Whether you yourself pray it, whether it was uh, your, your parents or your grandparents that you remember praying it, you often see it if you go to a funeral and there's that open casket for the wake service, you'll often see um, the rosary in the hands of, um, of those who, who are uh, laying in wake. So, um, you know, again, that rosary being a a very important part of uh, the prayer life of the church. So it goes back, historically, it goes back to um, St. Dominic. Now, St. Dominic was a saint in about the 12th century. And the 12th century uh, was, you know, there were a lot of different things going on. You're still talking about the Middle Ages. Uh, People are still trying to figure out um, their faith. You had the Crusades going on. So so you had uh, Crusaders going into battle, trying to protect um, pilgrims, going to the Holy Land, trying to maintain... um, the uh, people's homes, um, trying to stop the pillaging and everything going on. So you had um, the, the rosary, many of them um, started to carry with them once it was uh, you know, given by the Blessed Mother to to St. Dominic. But um, the Blessed Mother didn't just say, like, go and pray this. But there were there was kind of a, almost a dialogue that happened between Dominic and the Blessed Virgin Mary. And within that dialogue, she makes promises uh, to St. Dominic to relay to the people uh, as to what will happen spiritually uh, for the individual when they pray the rosary. Now, you can do a simple Google search. Uh, I'm I'm not going to expect you to listen to this recording multiple, multiple, multiple times, this podcast. But what I'm going to ask you to do is do a simple Google search. You'll find that there's 15 promises that were made to Dominic. 
I'm going to go through the first five because I, I love the first five. I love all of them, obviously, but the first five, I think, really have a big impact um, spiritually on us, and you might already be familiar with this list. Um, many of you might not be, um, but it will help to preface what I really want to go into a little bit later on in this segment here, but that first promise that was made to St. Dominic from the Blessed Mother was um, whoever serves uh, heaven through the recitation of the rosary, serves the Blessed Mother through the recitation of the rosary, shall receive signal graces. So um, every time you pray, you're receiving grace. You're receiving the very life of God. No one ever goes into prayer and afterwards and says, this was a big waste of time, or I feel worse off because I prayed. You know, nobody ever says that. And in fact, sometimes when you have very impactful prayer, it feels good. You like, you tangibly feel good and feel better about yourself. You feel more focused. And that's not just because it's happening spiritually, but I think our spiritual life has a an effect on our tangible life sometimes. That's not all the time, so don't always expect yourself to feel better, but you'll never feel worse. Uh, I can tell you that, and part of that is just God offering his grace. His grace is his very life. It is something good. It is something from heaven. It is something that helps us, not just here on earth, but for eternal life. The second promise was a special protection that is made for those who pray the rosary on a regular basis in the greatest of graces. So you're talking about not just grace, you know, God's very life that's given to the person praying, but a special grace, you know, something that's, that even sometimes even is considered by some theologians to be higher than the grace that's given through just, you know, your typical prayer. And uh, this, of course, is, is promised to those who pray the rosary on a pretty regular basis. Now, the third promise is, a, is an interesting one as well, and it's one of my favorites, and that is a powerful armor against hell that the rosary provides. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. Now, that last one there, you might be thinking, well, what is a heresy? A heresy is something that is a false teaching. Uh, it doesn't go along with the church, but the people within the church are kind of sprouting it off as something that's true. Eventually, those heresies are defeated. You see that a lot, especially in the early church, Church of the Middle Ages during the time of Dominic. But you also see it in our time period today. And uh, I think it's going to be one of those things where history tends to give us the best lesson as to what were the heresies of various eras. Some of those heresies start to pop up once again uh, because people don't know their history very well. Again, the church has been around for 2,000 years, but uh, the the rosary kind of helps to defeat heresies. I think in a sense what it's going to do is it's going to help to develop our conscience, and our conscience is going to help us to realize what is true and what is false. Um, the, the, the thing I love about this promise, though, is is that powerful armor against hell. So praying the rosary, you know, if, if you've ever been fearful of that, that, um, you know, that you're getting spiritual attacks or that there's something going on in the home or somebody is just you know, having a really hard time, just one thing after another, after another, I highly recommend praying the rosary. You know, it, it has that great spiritual effect, uh, effect, not on you, but also around you as well. The ability to destroy vice and to decrease sin. So it's going to increase um, a spiritual armor within you. So we're always on a spiritual battlefield, and it's a matter of whether we go to battle armored or unarmored. You know, that is ultimately up to us, whether we pray to increase that armor or we're just going in there hoping that uh, some of these arrows flung by the evil one and by the by the devil, by uh, some of the evil spirits, um, don't hit us. And, you know, most of us know 
we need to go to confession on a pretty regular basis, meaning those arrows are hitting us. They're hitting us and we're falling to them. And uh, confession provides us with that first aid tent so that we can go back onto the battlefield prepared for battle. And when we have that that uh, that great grace, that that spiritual armor built up, well, we can deflect those uh, those vices, those temptations a lot more. Uh, the fourth one is it will cause virtue. Um, you know, it it increases the mercy of God within us. It uh, it uh, withdraws the hearts of of people from the love of the world and its vanities and lifts us up to the desire of eternal things. So it it focuses our minds in, in uh, retrospect on heaven versus on earth. So we start to see with the eyes of heaven, with uh, the love of God versus the way that we uh, see the world, you know, always wanting the next thing, always comparing ourselves to other people, uh, always uh, thinking about uh, worldly things and, and those stresses that that pop up. Uh, but when we pray the rosary on a regular basis, uh, what this promise is telling us is that it will help us to start to see the world with the eyes and the heart of heaven. And in a world like today, where, uh, you know, again, we're focusing so much on elections and all that stuff, the church has existed for 2,000 years. And it's been all around the world. You know, when, we, when we're when we praying, what it's helping us to do is, how can I continue to be faithful to God regardless of who's in political office? And then that fifth one, um, the soul uh, which recommends itself to me through the recitation of the rosary shall not perish. Again, that protection from... Uh, from the evil one and, and uh, um, asking God for that abundant mercy. So um, the soul can continue to be raised up to heaven and asking for that abundant mercy. Now, what I really wanted to get to here is, you know, with the world the way it is today, I, I alluded to the fact that, you know, it being election season as of the recording of this episode, what we're finding ourselves to doing is focusing a lot on um what uh, is going on out in the world. We're focusing in on the pandemic, you know, the COVID-19. We're focusing in on the elections, which we can or cannot control. I certainly encourage you to vote, but, um, you know, it's ultimately, you know, that the election is going to be um, the election. We are one vote. You know, while it has an impact, it, uh, you know, we ultimately can't control the outcome of the election. Um, but what we can control is how we deal with uh, the election. And I think a big part of that is our faith. Um, if you don't want this election to continue to cloud your mind, to cloud your heart, if you're on social media, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, you have people bickering, and it's just like nobody gets along. Nobody can talk with each other anymore. But I think we need to slow our minds down, our hearts down. You know, we are so distracted because we've been locked in our homes. We're staring at screens all the time. There's just so much going on, it seems, and it seems like our minds just can't rest. The only time they ever get a little bit of rest is when we're sleeping, and then we go out and we do it again. So if you've noticed yourself being more tired, perhaps this is the reason for it. And what do I recommend um, for you to do is but is to um, take upon yourself a Catholic devotional, a Catholic uh, meditation. Most people think as uh, a Buddhist is having meditations, but we've been having meditations since the beginnings of the church. Uh, and and of, among those meditations, there are a few that are um, as great or, or greater even. I don't even know if there are any um, than the rosary yeah, because that repetition of prayer, a lot of people call it boring. And some people race through it to try to just get it, get it done with and have that check mark. But if you pray a, rosy, a rosary meaningfully, 
if you pray it meaningfully and you think about the prayer as you're praying it, it will not only slow your mind down, it'll have that de-stressing effect, but it will also, again, provide you with those promises that that Mary promised to St. Dominic to relay to us. So they weren't just meant for St. Dominic, but they're meant for us. So all of those protections as well, but protecting your mind, protecting your heart, protecting your soul, protecting your whole person uh, from whatever might come your way. So I encourage you, you know, the next time you feel really stressed out, I think some people just turn on the TV and try to binge watch, but it's another distraction. You never, there, no one ever um, watches TV and says, wow, I feel amazing after watching this. Um, but you do so when you pray uh, f- frequently, when you go to Mass frequently, when you pray the Rosary frequently. So my encouragement for you would be, you know, if you're finding yourself to um, to, to, to just have uh, a moment where you're, you're very stressed out, you're dealing with anxieties, especially this close to the election, consider praying the Rosary, but pray it meaningfully. I was down in, in El Salvador a couple years ago visiting our mission, and I've never heard the rosary prayed so fast. I think we prayed it in, in about eight minutes. <laughs> so it was just such a fast recitation. I couldn't keep up with it. But I'm not, you know, I don't want to judge those people, but but I think just in, in culture in general, we tend to pray things like where there's like 53 Hail Marys uh, and and. Uh, multiple our fathers, glory bees, all multiple prayers. We tend to try to pray it real fast so we can get it done with and have it, that check mark. But it, does it really have that effect on us with all those promises if we're praying it so fast? I'm, I'm sure it has an effect on us because we are praying. But if we're just going through and saying words, does it really have that like, eternal effect on us? Does it really have that de-stressing effect on us? So my brothers and sisters, Consider praying the rosary. Uh, if you don't know how to pray the rosary, there are websites dedicated to praying the rosary. Just type in Catholic rosary. You will find all sorts of them. And uh, I'm sure uh, even in your Catholic church, if you don't have a rosary, I'm sure you can find some all throughout uh, <laughs> the various churches and chapels um, throughout your diocese. I'm in the Diocese of Cleveland, and I know there's plenty of them all over the place. So um, simply just go into your church, and you'll probably find some. People make lots of them. All right, for our second segment, I'm going to be talking about a board game called the Western Legends. And it's not frequently that I will give you a review of a board game, uh, but that's kind of <laughs> it's because it's been so hectic um, with uh, my schedule and helping the parish with live streaming and uh, getting our electronic stuff on board, you know, with, with our social media, with the parish. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of social media, but I know it's necessary, especially in a time of pandemic to communicate with people. And I've been happy to do it because it helps us to reach uh, the people, but it's been extra stuff on my schedule. Um, But I think one of the things uh, uh, about COVID is that there hasn't been many new movies that have come out or TV shows. People have been watching reruns or they've watched things that they haven't uh, watched before. So you're watching old content, older content, I should say. Uh, But unless you're doing that or you're playing a new video game or something like that um, or reading a book, you know, you're not 
<laughs> you know, there's not many new content things. So most of the time I give you a TV show or movie review. But in this case, I'm going to give you a, um, a new-to-me uh, board game review. Western Legends was a board game I played uh, maybe about a month or so ago. And I played with a, a number of, of people, including uh, two priests, I believe. And uh, so there were, I think, a total of five of us that played. Uh, but the game, it, it revolves around uh, g- going into the Old West. And uh, basically what you're trying to do there is you're trying to establish yourself as being the, uh, at the end, having the most legendary point. So you're trying to become a Western legend, the most legendary one by the end of the game. So while you're working against each other, you're not necessarily um, working uh, to destroy each other like you might in like a game like Risk. Um, instead, what you're trying to do is you're trying to establish um, a way uh, of getting the most legendary points by the end of the game. Um, it does take a, a little while. I believe we spent maybe two, two and a half hours playing this, maybe even a longer. I, I can't really remember. But uh, basically, you're going around town. You're you're completing various tasks. You have some hidden tasks. Uh, you have task cards um, associated with the the, uh, the legend that you pick, and uh, you go around town. You do the, those things. You get the legendary points associated with those, but there's only three of those um, tasks associated with your character. So what you're trying to do is you're going around the board. You're you're playing things like poker. You're you're trying to defeat uh, some of the the outlaws, so to speak, so the the bad guys that are around the map, and trying to uh, put those in prison, so you become a you know a legendary um, person, uh, uh, sheriff rather, and uh, or you can become a bandit, so you can rob the bank, you can rob other players, you can um, go around trying to become a legendary bandit of some sort, but you become legendary anyways. So um, at the end of the game, <laughs> I really didn't. Uh, it was probably about the middle. It was the first time I played it. Uh, about the middle of the game, I finally started to understand it. And I think some of the other guys started to understand it. So one of the guys kept on playing poker and ended up destroying each one of us with our uh, legendary points. So um, one guy ended up uh, winning it um, very, very much so. Uh, but uh, we start, sort of talked about it afterwards. But we're really supposed to not only just acquire legendary points, but we're supposed to foil other people's plans of getting legendary points. So in the case of the guy who kept on playing poker and, and winning and getting legendary points, we could have actually, in a sense, robbed him each time he was trying to get more legendary points or, or winning games of poker. And, you know, we could have ended up winning the game that way. But you're going around, you're mining, you're you're uh, going to the train. There's a train that goes around the tracks. Uh, there's there's country that's established, but there's also country that's, um, that's called the frontier, which isn't established, but that's where all, a lot of the outlaws appear. Um, but uh, the, the game itself... Is going to take a little while. Um, you know, the, some of those long term uh, form games, especially when you're going against each other, and especially when you're not familiar with it, uh, <laughs> they, they seem a little bit more taxing to me because it's like, okay, you know what? I'm always playing the catch up game. I'm always trying to figure out how can I win? How can I win? How can I win? But um, I'm, I'm basically that first time you're just trying to figure out how to play the game. And so I'm not really trying to win per se. It's great if you win. But I spent most of the time just trying to understand what are the various uh, 
methods and strategies to to play this game. Now, now that I've actually played it, I've got an, a better idea of how to um, win the game and what are some of the uh, the different methods. Obviously, being a priest, you know, my, my mind always goes towards uh, being a good guy. So I wanted to do the sheriff part, but I realized uh, real quickly that the uh, sheriff part wasn't going to get me many um, legendary points. So, and I think we were all trying to do um, sheriff stuff. There was one guy that was trying to do the bad guy being the bandit, but um, he kind of did that a little bit too late in the game. And we just, he, yeah, he didn't do all that well either. So in the end, um, it was a, it was a pretty good game. I'd recommend it. Certainly watch a, like a YouTube video on it before you, um, get something like that. You can probably find Google photos of what the board looks like. Um, it is a, a nice game, but it is going to make you think a little bit. I went and played this later in the evening after a full day of Sunday activities, and uh, my mind was just shot after a certain point. And I was kind of rooting for the one guy to win the game just because I was like, I, I can't think anymore. There's a certain point. So if you're going to play it in Think about the time of day that you think best and think most clearly and you're most focused. And perhaps you consider playing that game during that particular time period. Otherwise, you're going to end up like myself and your brain's just going to shut off in about the middle of the game. Again, I was, I was still kind of thinking a little well, but I know that it wasn't my top-notch thinking. I had the early morning mass. I had masses throughout the day. I had baptisms that day. Um there were a number of things that I was doing. I had meetings um, after those baptisms, and I uh, had a, a wake service that I went to uh, before I headed out uh, to um, my my priest friend's parish. And uh, by that point, I was just like my mind was just shot, and this required intense thinking, you know. So it's not like the game just kind of is a game of chance that we're just just kind of does things um, for you and you're just kind of hoping that you end up with the, you know the best chance um, it is certainly a game of strategy so you'll you'll definitely need a good strategy if you do play it the first time I certainly suggest um, that you familiarize yourself with the rules before you start to play it a little bit just because otherwise you're going to end up in a situation um, where you're just you become very overwhelmed because of there are so many aspects to it. I can see it being a very fun game, but um, right now, um, out of a score of 1 to 10, I, I, I feel like I can't really give it an accurate score until I play it again, but I'd probably give it maybe about a 7.5 out of 10. Um, it was just my mindset with it. Uh, there are board games I love playing a lot more than that one um, that I would certainly uh, push others towards more than that one. But I think it was one of those games I didn't really know much about uh, that I thought, hey, I will tell everybody who listened to the Burning Strength show a little bit more about it. So that is Western Legends, the board game. And for our third and final topic, I'll be talking about what I consider to be forgotten news. We've heard in the last three years a lot about fake news, you know, and uh, news organizations, they used to give you all the facts, they used to give you all the information, and then they would let you come to the conclusion of like what you thought about it. Unfortunately, nowadays, it's the opposite. They tell you what to think, 
as they present a topic, and then you have to determine whether it's fake or not. And it's a very unfortunate state of media right now. Um, there's a reason why just about everybody agrees that there is fake news out there, even though they had a hard time agreeing with it because, well, who was the first one to coin that term? Uh, President uh, Donald Trump. And a lot of people don't like President Trump, but whatever you uh, you like about him or don't dislike about him, you know, you can say that, you know, fake news was certainly something that uh, it became true. Again, uh, changing their guys from basically telling you um, what happened, here's the facts, and then you come to the conclusion. Instead, there's so much commentary on things. It's like everything you read is an op-ed, um, and they're giving you their opinion versus actually presenting the news as factual. So where do we find ourselves right now? Well, because it's all about high sensationalizing of news, and right now um, we're losing a lot of great news that could be out there right now. Um, within the last uh, several months, you know, going back to the summertime, you, we've you know, one of the uh, third or fourth or fifth rung news items that should be probably the top news item right now um, has been the people who have been struck with the natural disasters that have hit not only uh, the Gulf Coast of the United States, not only the East Coast of the United States, but also the wildfires. They they've swept through um, the West, you know, going all the way up um, through. Uh, California, as well as parts of Oregon, maybe even Washington State, I'm not quite sure. But uh, there's just been a lot of natural disasters that have happened over the course of the summer and the fall. But uh, the news doesn't want to cover it anymore. And I, I like to consider this to be the forgotten news. You know, when you have a, a proliferation of fake news, I feel like we've get a lot of forgotten news. And some of those forgotten news items are also good, um, positive news items. And I, I feel like some of those are, you know, underplayed uh, just because, well, you know, we get a proliferation of uh, political thought. We're getting a proliferation of, you know, playing the blame game when it comes to uh, COVID-19 and the response to it and uh, just people kind of commenting on all that stuff and, and, you know, just really you know, attacking each other when it comes to, uh, you know, what your political thoughts are. You know, nobody can have uh, common political thoughts anymore. And it's like, it's not even just like the arguing, but, you know, certain, um, even certain like parades that you would normally like have, like the political parades that go through the towns, you know, um, certain ones are left alone and then other ones are, are attacked by the other side. And it's just, it's a really sad thing, a sad state of affair in the way that people see things, unfortunately, right now. Uh, it's just people can't have um, differing thoughts. And when they have differing thoughts, it's like, let me attack them in some way. It's like, you know, let's have a dialogue. Let's have a dialogue. And unfortunately, because we get the fake news, we get the uh, op-ed, everybody is still approaching the op-ed stuff as being the truth. But it's not. It's not. You go to any major news organization and you've got stuff that that just pops up there. And people are treating that as, as being, you know, the truth. <laughs> Uh, but it's not. And in fact, uh, there was one piece, news piece that just ha popped up uh, within the last couple of days about the church and something Pope Francis said. But people were, were quoting this, this misquoted thing from this documentary that supposedly Pope Francis said. But there's been a number of like, you know, you usually give it 24 to 72 hours and you'll find where the truth actually is. So people were, I was actually out of town and people were sending me like, what, did, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? And it's like, 
the Pope didn't actually really say that. It was taken out of context, and the words were um, false. But what I encourage you to do when, when these things start to become stressful for you and provide a headache for you, pray for them. Pray for the people involved. You know, there are lots of things to pray for right now. And I know it's hard to pray for, for people that, that disagree with you, and it's, it's hard to pray for things that are false, but, but pray that the truth may prevail. It's always something that I think Jesus did so well with, was, was going to the truth and, and praying for the truth, you know, that, that, that God's truth may, may prevail, which is the truth. There's not a whole bunch of truths. There's one truth, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. But I encourage you to pray for that forgotten news. Pray for those victims of those natural disasters. Pray for those who um, who might be having a hard time, especially because of the pandemic. So you have not only maybe losing your home due to the natural disaster, but but not being able to afford to 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 get a home again because uh, you don't have the money to to pay for it. So my brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Certainly, as always, I always hope to have a, a new episode soon. Um, pray for me. Pray for uh, priests. And uh, certainly hope to come back to you soon. God bless. <laughs>